This is the Beauty Authority Podcast, hosted by Dr. Vicky Bello and Katrina Resort. Welcome to the Beauty Authority. I'm Dr. Vicky Bello, and this is what happens when a cosmetic dermatologist slash cosmetic surgeon who has been in practice for 30 years comes together with a yoga instructor slash holistic health coach to discuss how beauty is more than skin deep and how health is more than just nutrition. Hi friends, welcome to The Beauty Authority, a weekly podcast pertaining to all things skincare and health with Dr. Vicky Bello and myself, Katrina Razan. How are you doing today, Dr. Vicky? Oh, happy talking about my favorite and hatest topic. I mean, the hatest thing I hate is fat and acne. So <laughs> I love, I think I'm an expert. If there was one thing that I wanted to be an expert on really was acne because it's such a big problem, right? And people get, you know, and it comes at a time in their lives when people are more conscious, when they're teenagers. And the last thing you need is to lose confidence because you have really bad acne. And now we're seeing more and more adult acne. So I think it applies to so many people. Right. For our listeners this week, we will be talking about our most polarizing topic, uh, acne. And I think that acne is particularly more interesting to speak to in our times because Dr. Vicky and I grew up in a time pre-Instagram, pre pre skin tone, like photoshopping and, and, you know, and a lot of girls these days, especially teenage girls and young women are feeling pressured to have this perfect matte look that has been permeated by the Kardashians, but you could see the face tone all over their skin. It's not natural, but everyone wants to achieve that matte look. However, it is all Photoshop. Girls and guys, please understand that it everyone has imperfections in their skin. And I think that our conversation today will really put light in what we can do as preventative measurements to tackle acne. So, Dr. Vicky, as someone who has been an expert in the medical field for many, many years, how do we take proactive measurements to prevent acne in different stages of our lives? Well, basically, the causes of acne are the same, except for products, which, you know, since I'm my own laboratory, I get a lot of breakouts when I'm trying new things. But I feel that, you know, I feel very lucky that my face is so sensitive and that it breaks out so that I can get the breakout before I give any product to my patients. But again, as we talked about on our first, as we spoke about on our first episode, there are really four causes of acne. One is hormonal, two is oil, three is bacteria, and four is skin that just layers on top of each other or is not exfoliating. Because when we are children, when we're babies, we we change skin like every twenty-one days. So there's no dead skin on the surface of any of those baby skin. So that's why they look amazing. After a while, um, the stickiness between the cells gets uh, more and more sticky. The things that connect the skin cells are called desmosomes. So, you know, I don't know if you had this story before where you would connect a man and a woman, there'd be a little 
fat brown thing that you connect to a like concave thing and that's what you call a desmosome <laughs> and when the connection's really tight then the skin just stays on top of the face layering one over the other the other thing of course is in the philippines 80% of the patients are oily so if you have a lot of skin covering the oil then this is a big trap for bacteria we all have bacteria in our faces but if they're cleansed out and the population doesn't really grow but if the skin is covering the bacteria then the bacteria eats has so much food to eat which is the oil and then they eat it and eat it so they become more in number and then they create free fatty acids as a byproduct the free fatty acids are acidic and therefore very inflammatory i think that's one word that's going to be very hot in the next years about inflammation because it's not just acne that causes inflammation they're now beginning to see that aging is inflammatory it doesn't necessarily have to be but because we're doing too much pollution um you know all this bad free radicals son katrina are you listening then this causes inflammation in the skin and the skin's just reacting and can't cope anymore with all the stresses physical chemical products that's happening and right and that's course, also from our from the food we eat as well is that the food know, the, we eat I know, inflammation I know. Inflammation is so bad and it happens. Like you were talking, well, let, let me mention the fourth, which is hormones. And that's, of course, testosterone. Um, so when they have high levels of testosterone, then it, it really causes more acne. So it also causes more horniness. So if you want a horny guy, then you look for a pimply guy. <laughs> Joke. Anyway. <laughs> but then. That's or bald guys, you know how they say bald men are 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 hotter or more sexy. It's because testosterone on the hair breaks down to five hydroxy testosterone, which if you have a lot will stop the hair from growing. And but they have a lot of testosterone, so they're more manly. So what was I talking? What are you talking about? <laughs> I really interrupted you, Doctor Vicky. <laughs> yes, well, this is. You know, we have to talk about health. Health is of course, of course, of course. So I'll remember to- that when I look at the rock and Vin Diesel. <laughs> See, yeah, make sure they're not just shaving their heads, but they really are actually bald. But anyway, going back to acne, we have so we cannot treat acne with one thing. That's why people are so confused if they go to their dermatologist and they're given so many things and they feel like, why does it? You know, we're so used to like one or two things, but you have to address four problems. So you have to give four different medicines. Right. So let's talk about cleansing. What's your cleansing routine like? I, I like to double cleanse because I first cleanse to remove all of the impurities, the makeup, making sure that all that residue is out. And then I use a second cleanser that will balance the pH levels of my skin. Okay. So what do you use to cleanse your, uh, to cleanse your makeup? What do you use? I use um, a brand called DHC and it is an oil-based cleanser and it literally melts away all of my makeup before I go to bed at night. It is a fabulous product and I think it's very affordable as well. 
And it, it has served me re- really well because the one thing that a lot of people don't realize is one of the biggest wastes of money out there are makeup wipes. And makeup wipes, all they do is they don't remove the, the residue or the makeup. It just, they just push around the makeup. It's still there. So don't, don't buy into the makeup pads and makeup wipes. And you're also doing a lot to save the environment as well because it's all single use and it's, it's terrible and it's, it's bad for your skin. You know, that's one of my biggest worries right now because of all the PEP. I think there must be like times 20 amount of gloves, masks, everything right. is just being thrown out there. And where are we going to, how are we going to get rid of this? And can we recycle? But I digress. I agree. You can use an oil. The only time I'll allow you to use an oil is when you're cleansing makeup because some makeup's really stubborn and you can't take it out any other way. The one thing I have to say, though, for eye makeup remover is you have to not put, you know, I think they put the makeup remover on a cotton pad and then they put it and then they wipe out immediately. Uh, All things say that you have to leave the the eye makeup remover for at least 10 seconds to, to be able to, you know, melt away the makeup before you wipe it off. Um, my recommendation, by the way, I will tell you the truth. I, I don't have anything to do with biologic research. It's just that I do like some of the products. They're very good. And they have for me the best makeup eye makeup remover because it also has vitamin C. And so when you put it on your skin, um, you leave it on. I've, I'm such a person in a hurry, so I always do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, which is really just four seconds, I guess. <laughs> but you should leave it on for ten seconds, and then it will wipe off so much easier and so much more complete. And it leaves a vitamin C on your on your eyelids, so that's always good. And you know, the less you rub your eyes, the much better. So it would be good to do it that way. Then we do have to have a cleanser. So I, I don't know if you use the ZO, but I use a yes, uh, I do. Answer yes. So we we need to take out the oil because we can't leave that on our face, especially for acne prone. Then the second question would always be: Do I need a toner? Yes, right? I was going to ask you about that. What are your thoughts on toning? on toners? I think if you have the right toner, you know, there's there's steps. So Dr. Abaji says you have to get the skin ready. So you can't just apply stuff on your face that like good stuff on your face is supposed to hi Scarlett that's supposed to make you feel the skin better. You have to prepare your face. As you know, we all have an acid mantle. What you want to do is to have a toner that kind of breaks up the acid mantle just a bit so that your creams can go in. Because many times you might have really good creams, but they can't enter your face. Right. So then it just stays on the surface. And the next morning when you wash your face, since you put them at night normally, all of it just falls off. Right. So not a great idea. So we do need a toner a balancing toner. If you have oily skin, you should use some sort of salicylic acid toner or glycolic acid toner. So I think I gave you the oil control pads because that breaks down the oil. And the oil acts like a film. For the longest time, I was wondering, maybe 15 years ago, why 
Zio worked so well on my patients, but never on me. And I said, I see my patients getting wonderful skin from Zio. Why is it not working on me? What I didn't realize is I was so, so, so oily that the medicines couldn't penetrate. The oil film was just there because I wasn't taking the time to get ready, get my skin ready. So yes, I am a believer in toners, but it has to be the right one. So don't just buy. This is, I think, when you have to spend a little more because sometimes it's just alcohol toners and stuff that gives yeah. you this, this dry feeling but it, you know, it's more harm, harmful yeah, it's than drying good. your skin barrier. Right. So make sure. And then now, so what products do you need for acne? So we have to address every single phase of acne. So if you have dead skin, that's strapping the oil, you have to use something that exfoliates and gets that skin off. So it doesn't trap the oil underneath. Dr. Vicky, how many times, and this is, um, I see this problem happening a lot within my age group. How many times should we exfoliate on a weekly basis? Okay. It depends also what kind of exfoliation. So if you're talking about physical exfoliation, which means using scrubs, by the way, if we're talking about scrubs, let's not do the natural scrubs like, you know, apricot seeds or almond scrubs. Because right. if you look at it under the microscope, they're very sharp-ended and they can create micro-wounding on your face. It's important to buy a, a scrub that's meant to be a scrub. So for Zio, for example, we have the polish. And if you look at it under a microscope, it's perfectly spherical which means that it will remove the dead skin but not create any sharp areas that would cause micro-wounding. Exfoliation with the polish, definitely two to three times a week only. I know it's wonderful when you do it, your, your face is so bright and beautiful, but too much of a good thing is bad. So let's not be harsh with our face, treat it gently, Exfoliate, exfoliate only two to three times a week physically. Now, if you're talking to me about glycolic acid, I think glycolic acid should be applied every single day um, with the ZO line and make sure it's a good quality glycolic acid because there's so many levels and there's cheap ones. You only have one face. You really just only have one face. If right. you don't take care of it well, you can't have a face replacement. Anyway, uh, the glycolic acid, it's called the exfoliation accelerator. And it really, you know, right now I have a pimple on my, on, above my uh, eyebrow. The only thing I put is an exfoliation accelerator. And I can already feel that it's, it's calming down. It's no longer, because earlier this morning it was like angry. You know how the feeling is a little painful. Yeah, when it's, it's red it's and angry. Yes. So on the skin, you have to put the exfoliating accelerator and that one is left behind. Other glycolic astringents, they do wash it off and it's okay. It's good. Or you can have a kojic acid and soap, but you need something to exfoliate every day because as you get older, the paste or the desmosomes you need the skin cells gets stickier and we need to break that up. And those, the alpha hydroxy acids do that in spades. So you do that. Then the oiliness, how to control oiliness is really tricky. Yeah. If you do too much to control oiliness, you rebound and yeah. get more oily. 
Hi guys, before we move on with the rest of the show, I just wanted to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. If you're a podcaster and you need help with your show's data or even monetizing your show, go visit podmetrics.co and sign up for free using my code BEAUTYAUTHORITY. Now, back to the show. You're listening to the Beauty Authority Podcast. With Dr. Vicky Bello and Katrina Razon. So I think for this particular part, this is why it's important if you have acne to go to a dermatologist and, and to have them clean it properly. Again, cleaning, guys, I know you've all tried to prick your own pimple like I tried to do last night and it just got bigger. Even I can't do it because it's on the side. There's no way you can see the right angle. And there yeah, is and that's coming you. from Dr. Vicky Bello, yeah, who is I've tried a for doctor. <laughs> Been yeah. successful 5% of the time. Have I you tried know. to prick your pimples? You know what? I tried a long time ago and I learned the hard way never to do it. <laughs> I okay, mean, there's you know some satisfaction happened? to it. And I mean, it's become like this strange obsession for people like Dr. Pimple Popper. Like I know a lot of people who watch those videos and they get some sort of satisfaction from that. But guys, please don't do it at home. Leave it to the experts because it will do more you know, harm than good. It makes it worse, Katrina. It's not even yeah. that it's not going to be successful. Because you could but, infect it some more if you're not right. cleaning it properly. Exactly. So you have to think of a pimple as a volcano. Oh, so usually it's got a peak and that's where your point is. But it's always, it's never straight down. Usually it veers a bit to the right, to the left, whatever. So you, I'm sure you guys, you get a needle, you, you disinfect it, you put alcohol, you might even put some heat, burn it, right? So it's oh. clean. Then you prick. Okay, that's, but when you press, um, you're not pressing in the right direction. You need to see it from above. And you can't see it from above if you're the one doing it on yourself. And at the point where it's a small hole, where this lava or pus is going to come out, that's the most painful part. And automatically, all of us, when it's pain, we withdraw. So when you're about to pick it and the whole thing's about to come out, since it's bigger than the hole, you let go, right? So half, you think you're successful because half of the pus came out. But the other half actually got sucked into the skin because there was this vacuum when you released it. It goes, and then guess what? Tomorrow you have three pimples, one to either side, because the pus went in and then caused the, the ne next pore to have a pimple. Okay, I want to test you, Katrina. Where do pimples come from? From a white head, a black head, or both? From both. Mm, okay, wrong. Wow. <laughs> it only comes from whiteheads. From whiteheads, okay, so interesting. Head, yeah, a blackhead is already an open follicle. That's why it's black, because the oil that's inside gets oxidized. And just like fruits get oxidized, they turn black. So when you see black stuff on your nose, that's not dirt, my loves. That is just oil that's been oxidized. Mm. And so it's black. But the pore is open. That's why you see it. So when you kind of, you know, sometimes you can actually, I don't want, I don't recommend it. But it's much easier to do not make a mistake. The blackhead can come out. If you do it too hard, you can create a scar. But still, it, you know, it's an open pore, so it comes out. A whitehead is just oil. It's not really infected or anything, but it's a closed pore. So you see the white, but it's closed. 
And that can turn into a pimple because if you tangle with it or just normally the bacteria increases in number, then it becomes a pimple. And then the cystic pimples are, usually that's a multifactorial thing, but of course a pimple can become cystic if you keep playing with it and pinching it and right. whatever. And that's when right? it becomes and painful. And that's the really bad one. Yeah. Because that causes, causes scarring. Okay, right. so what antibacterial stuff can we use? We should use things like, um, you know, erythromycin, dalicin still. You know, if you have a pimple that's, that's infected, maybe you can get a piece of cotton and if it's not so bad yet, you can just leave it on for like a while so that it absorbs the bacteria. And it might dry. 50% of the time it does, 50% of the time it doesn't. Bello Essentials has a bee, bee venom that you can put that also helps dry up the acne. It's just a touch thing. And those things, you don't put it on the whole face. You just put it to dry up the That's acne. As a spot treatment. Right. If you have a hormonal problem, I know I had to take Accutane and, you know, that was horrible. I really yeah. don't like to recommend it. But sometimes when the oil is too, too much, there's no way you can create the acne unless you control the oil. So by, uh, raw Accutane is a high, high dose of vitamin A. It's something that definitely has to be taken with under the supervision of a doctor a responsible doctor who will take your liver enzymes, your cholesterol, and your um, CPK, I think, no, creatine, because A is a fat-soluble vitamin, which mm. means it stays in your body a long time, not like vitamin C, which is water-soluble. Water so they go out, right? But right. A, D, that's why even when we're taking vitamin D, for COVID, which is a very good vitamin for, for immunity. Yeah. And vitamin we have C. To make sure we don't overdose because it can stay. So it will show right. up in your liver enzymes. So you should be monitored every month. Um, anyway, it's too long to talk about it. I shouldn't because I don't want you to self medicate. But that's <laughs> for the oiliness. We also right. have machines now in the clinic which um, dry up the oil, the oil gland. They shrink the oil gland a bit. You've done one. It's a microneedling radio frequency with a blue light because blue light kills um, cutiform acnes. And right. the proony bacterium acnes is the old name. And it kills that, the blue light. And then you have the RF, which also dries up the oil. But you have to do it once a month. You've only done one. So I think you'll see more of an improvement. Um, I know you you saw the tightening first. I love Because a lot of people love the tightening. But it also, so you, you do get a facelift and you clear up your acne at the same time. I know. With, and that's really important for the, the dual action because for me, whenever I purchase a product, I always want to consider, is it skincare first and then second, makeup? And you want to have products that will be beneficial for your skin type. And Beauty and skincare products are something that's very, very personal to people. Right. And um, well, what's what makeup do you use? I like to. Have? Well, I I don't like to use designer makeup because I just feel like it's all coming and man, being manufactured from the same place. I don't like using products that still test on animals. And I like to use safe products for my skin because I don't want to be putting on something that's harmful. For my skin, especially now, there are many women who are my age, around like 29, 30, who are having fertility issues. And a lot of them are tracing it back to the products that they are applying to their skin. Because their skin is the most, is very absorbent. And 
Right. It's the largest organ in the body and exactly. it does absorb stuff. Exactly. So so what makeup is it that because I don't I'm not too um I have to admit I don't know that much about makeup. So this is your expertise, I hope. So which makeups have you found to be quite well quite safe for you? Well, I am I'm a, a safe beauty advocate and What's really great to see is that there's a lot of women and men around the world who are advocating and demanding for transparency and for cleaner, safer products. And some of the the brands that I've noticed are Ilia, for one. Ilia is, is dual skincare and makeup. They have they use a lot of hyaluronic acid in their foundations. It's uh, very hydrating. It's it leaves your skin feeling really good and not so heavy. You know, that cakey makeup feeling that you get when you put a lot of foundations. And I know that you you probably feel the same way, but, you know, we do a lot of photo shoots in the Philippines and the feeling that your face feels after that is just, like, I can't wait to go home and wash. I can't wa- wait to wash my face off. I cannot wait much. to wash it. Yeah, it, get, it gives exactly. me anxiety because I'm like, I know this is going to be so bad for my skin, for my pores. So I, you know, it's, it's crazy how the commercial products just feel this heavy. And you know that something is good for your skin when you feel good from the inside and on the outside as well. Okay. Well, let me explain what hyaluronic acid is. I think maybe people might want to know. Yeah. It's not good for people with acne though. I don't think, I still feel... Because we have a nice hyaluronic acid mask in Filmed, but I was using it the other night and I took it off. It's supposed to be on for 15 minutes. I took it off in five minutes because I just felt it was hydrating me too much and almost making it, you know, like too, you know, hydration is water, but it's still hyaluronic acid is part of our body. So you're not really putting anything artificial inside. So when we're talking about epidermis, so you have to, that's the top layer of your skin. The dermis is really where all the good things are. That's where your collagen is, which is like the building block of your face. So I always compare our face to a sofa. So the sofa, um, you know, there, there are structures that keep the structure of the sofa, the, the, the thing that gives it you know, like it doesn't sink the foam that's hyaluronic acid and collagen. But most of it is actually hyaluronic acid. Hyaluronic acid absorbs 1,000% of its weight in water. So when you put hyaluronic acid on your face, the reason it's a great, um, not moisturizer, but hydrating agent, it's because it, it, it absorbs water. And so that's why you feel um, good. But at the same time, I think because it absorbs so much water, it can clog my pores a little. Right. So I don't use it for long. So when you have the hyaluronic acid mask of Filmed, if you're dry, use it for 15 minutes. If you're normal, use it for 10. And if you're oily, just use it for five. And um, this also disappears as you get older, along with collagen. Elastin is what gives your skin elasticity. Mm. So that would be the rubber bands of your skin. And you destroy a lot of elasticity when you, for example, gain too much weight, lose weight. So that's why you get stretch marks. Uh, so you gain too much weight on your tummy in too short a time. So it's stretched out. And at some point, just like a rubber band, it breaks. And when it breaks, that's what the stretch mark is. So when you're pregnant, first of all, 
try not to gain too much weight. It would be good if you work out before your pregnancy so that your skin and your muscle, your muscle is strong. So it doesn't like go like that with your baby. So it holds it in. So your skin isn't stretched out too much. But, you know, this is not about acne, but it is about acne scars. When you have acne scars, you've destroyed a lot of your collagen, 2D fat and elasticity. So that's why you get acne scars. But going back, so we've addressed the skin turnover, we've addressed um, oiliness. Uh, the other thing is hormones. Uh, bacteria, we've addressed with the antibiotic um, astringents. So your last thing is hormones. Uh, hormones, I would, you know, sometimes you give female patients um, birth control pills. And the birth control pill that I've loved for the last 30 years is Diane 35 because it really makes the skin glow and makes your skin. It, it's a lot of estrogen. That's why they say if your baby's a girl, you're pretty. If your baby's a boy, you're ugly. I don't find that to be true in pregnancy. But I know that when you have a lot of estrogen, your skin is much nicer. The downside there is that estrogen also causes hyperpigmentation. So you can't have too much of it. Otherwise, you'll have melasma and hyperpigmentation. So then we've addressed the four things of acne. Um, now in the clinic, we have lasers that are for acne. We have a wonderful laser called Advalite. It's a yellow laser, and I love this laser to death. I think it's the best invention ever. Uh, unfortunately, it's so popular that it broke down because <laughs> it was working nonstop. So yeah. we had to send it to Finland or Denmark or something to have it fixed. But it's coming again soon, and we bought another one. But I'm doing it for everything, my face, my neck, my, I even did it on my arms because it's just, it, the texture of your skin after you do this laser is amazing, amazing. And I, I, I can't talk enough about it. Um, we're, one, we're the first in Asia. Um, it's actually not very popular because as usual, it's some, something from Denmark. They don't know how to market things like Americans do, but I've never seen a laser function so well. So hopefully it's already here, just trying to get it out of customs. But, um, you know, after sending it to be fixed, it's here already. And I'll let you guys know when it's out. But it's, it's really the best thing. And it works so well on acne. The microneedling radio frequency, the blue light works well. Mm. Microneedling, of course, it goes a little deeper. The RF burns a little of the, you know, heats up the oil gland and shrinks it a bit so you don't have as many oil glands. And especially on the chin area, it's amazing. We also have something called Agnes. So for the first time in 30 years, there are really lasers that address acne only. It's, yeah. it's a new thing. Before that, lasers were mostly for pigmentation, scars, etc. Not for the condition, clinical condition of acne. So... Um, so that's in terms of medicines. Now let's talk about food. <laughs> yes, let's talk about food because what's, again, our lifestyle choices spill over into our, into our physical bodies and into our mental health as well. And we must identify the foods that cause inflammation within the body, inflammation within the microbiome, because let me tell you, Whenever I have craving for sugar, and I typically crave for sugar when I'm stressed out. And it's important to identify our cravings because you learn what is triggering your stress and your cravings are informed by whatever it is that's stressing you out. So for example, if I'm stressed out working in a music event, I crave for ice cream to cool me down. 
So it's really, it's an important habit to be conscious about. But whenever I have that sugary treat, I get greeted by a pimple on my face because everything we eat is interconnected, right, Dr. Vicky? What other foods do you believe are I do. that cause acne, breakouts? Etc. Well, sugar doesn't do it for me. I don't get breakouts from sugar. Lucky. I know sugar is bad for me for other things, <laughs> um, you know, but I don't want to give that up. For me, sugar is life. So forget <laughs> that. The other thing I have is chocolate, of course. And I, I, am, I tell you, I always tell everyone chocolate is very good for you, especially at 70% and up because it calms you down. Um, mm. It's an antioxidant and an antidepressant. What I think is a problem is that when people eat cheaper chocolates and there's a lot of additives and stuff, they get acne and also nuts. So the moment I eat any chocolate, well, I love peanut butter. So I love Reese's peanut butter. I know it's cheap, but I love it. But I'll break out. And it's not the chocolate. It's the peanut butter. Because sometimes I get a big spoon, a big tablespoon, and I take a whole amount of, you know, heaping tablespoon of peanut butter. And for sure, I'm going to break out. So, you know, it, it's really food is connected to your skin. There's certain things you have to get to know yourself better. But these are the general general food that kind of make people break out. Dairy is very Dairy. bad. Cheese, milk, they're very inflammatory. Yes. Um, chips. Oh my gosh, you guys. It's all oil, fried, yeah. French fries. Stop chips. eating processed foods. I think it was good for your skin anyway, but that's really bad. Right. Um, what else? What other food? Anything you can think of? I think those are the most Dairy. Dairy is, dairy is a big one as well. It's also... Um, a hormonal disruptor as well. So always be mm -hmm. cognizant about what you're eating, especially if you're noticing your skin react to certain foods in a certain way, because then you, you become more conscious, you become more careful about it. Um, another question I wanted to ask you, Dr. Vicky, is we've all had those moments days before a big event, well, pre-COVID at least, <laughs> and a little friend pops out in our face and what are some of the emergency solutions emergency if there are any emergency measures that we could take to okay i have to yes there is it's called the uh, glow diet it's i have <laughs> to give credit to dr pericone he's the one who invented it it was very funny because i sat beside dr pericone in one of dr obaji's events and he was talking to me about you know, the salmon. So a salmon, cold fish is very good for you. Yeah. Cold fishes are, I guess, sea bass and salmon. Yeah, but because the salmon of the omega-3. Omega-3 fatty acids. Fatty acids. Very good for your skin. Vitamin E, by the way, is very bad for oily skin. I have a lot of people who break out because of vitamin E. And some people, vitamin B, B6 and 12, but not too common. It's really the E for sure. Also a lot of shampoos and conditioners with carotene, um, that are very correct? wonderful. Yeah. Carotin, but also the rich ones that make your hair so shiny and soft. They're too rich for your skin. So yeah. one of the signs is if you have a lot of breakout along right. uh, around your along hair your hairline. Yes. Even in your back. But a back knee is a problem because you know your hair when it's long, it kind of it's like little needles on your back. It's yeah. irritating. And sometimes the conditioner, since you conditioner ends, 
Um, right. That will cost acne in the back. So just watch out for that. But I digress. So we go back. What is the question? Sorry, guys. I'm <laughs> the the <laughs> emergency back. measures to tackle okay. oh, the pimple so the on diet. the face. The diet simple. Apple, right? Apples that I would really, in this day, I have something called um, Zane, oh, Zane, which cleans up the, because the, it's good to eat the apple um, peel, Right. But at the same time now, because of COVID and everything, I don't feel comfortable about it being healthy. So I guess it'd be better to peel off the apple and then eat the apple, at least two apples a day, three days before your big event. Salmon is very good or sea bass because it's cold fish. And as Katrina said, it's omega-3. And then lettuce. Now, lettuce doesn't give us any nutrition at all, but it's a great way to clean out your digestive tract. And, and then your skin, if you eat that for three meals, three days before an event, and you should have really glowing skin for the event. Of course, if you have pimples, just go to your nearest derma and have it injected with your canacord. Sometimes that's your emergency um, pimple emergency treatment. But I think just basically fruits and vegetables, if you don't want to do the whole salmon thing, but supposedly this three days of salmon and lettuce and apple is really the best thing for skin before a wedding, before a big party, you know, but now we can just filter because it's good. <laughs> so. What are your, okay. So Dr. Vicky, what are your thoughts on salicylic acid and benzoyl peroxide? Okay. So actually I still think benzoyl peroxide, I'm not, it's really good for big breakouts. You just do spot treatments. We don't want to put it all over the face. Yeah. So it absorbs a lot. I don't think it's really that good to absorb it internally, but sometimes it's the thing that works. So it works very well for spot treatments. B venom would be good because at least it's more natural, but medically speaking, we do push it. Salicylic acid, um, I really prefer glycolic more, but salicylic seems to work better on certain people because it makes the pores smaller as well. But we're always looking now for more. That's why I'm going towards lasers for skin because these are physical modalities that don't really interact or get absorbed into your body. Right. Because I do notice that Crystal and her friends are having a hard time getting pregnant. Crystal did it twice, but in vitro. And it's funny though, that it's mostly the, the people who have money that are you know, having a really hard time giving birth. It seems that there must be, I didn't, I thought it was a diet, but you opened my eyes into looking that it might be skincare products. What have you read on, on salicylic acid, for example? I see in a lot of the, uh, in, in on the safer ingredient side that salicylic acid is more of uh, the gentle approach into just everyday skincare. But of course you have to check on the quality of that salicylic acid. You can't just buy something over the counter, but really do your due diligence on it. But on the other hand, you see a lot of these aggressive pimple solutions on the market that have a lot of alcohol that have a lot of these ingredients that could really destroy the barrier of your skin. Um, and everyone needs to really be gentle with their skin and not put too much alcohol or fragrances because fragrances, as we know, with the rise of products such as drug elephant, drug elephant is a, a safe beauty brand and they are one of the four, they're on the forefront of bringing this awareness to 
how fragrances as an ingredient is harmful to our bodies. Oh, thank you, Kat. I really need to be educated by you. What about benzoyl peroxide? Have you have you read anything? Because I know we don't give it to pregnant women, and obviously that's my guide. If they're not good enough for pregnant women, then right, and, you know, and like for example, tretinoin, you can't give it to pregnant women because right. vitamin A can cause brain brain right. damage. Of course, it's a far-fetched thing, but still, you don't want to take any risks. Exactly. Have you read anything about benzoyl? So, what's interesting about a benzoyl peroxide is, you know, back when I was growing up, the big thing to address acne was proactive with all the celebrity <laughs> endorsers and, you know, Puff Daddy to <laughs> Kendall Jenner. And what I noticed, and heartbreakingly so, that a lot of girls my age and we were in high school at the time, but a lot of girls my age would try it because they saw a big celebrity endorse it and celebrities get acne. So I, if I could have that person's skin, but we, everyone has to also understand that these people can afford top of the line, crazy expensive uh -huh. uh, procedures. So we should not compare ourselves to, to people like celebrities um, and really just trust the advice of a doctor like Dr. Vicky Bello. But anyway, my friends all developed allergic reactions to benzoyl peroxide. I mean, just instant redness, hives on the face. It was just terrifying. So we really need to be careful with ingredients and understand what, and you know, you could even test it on your hand and test if Actually, an ingredient- Actually, you should test it on your forearm. Yeah, yeah. It's the thinnest part of your of your body besides your eyelid, and you don't want to test it there. Right. So that it works. But sometimes it really does react even on the face. It's too inflammatory. That's why we suggest, because it's such a good agent in terms of drying up acne and cystic acne even, you know, use a toothpick and just really put it spot, spot by spot where you have a pimple or cystic acne. Don't apply it like proactive used to do, yeah. which is the whole face all yes. the time, right? Yes, exactly. And again, um, we were discussing about using products too often so that they don't work anymore. So you should really, um, every four to five months, change. Because right. I, I always compare it, you know, you get resistant, or sometimes uh, certain products remove things from your face that it's almost like planting in a field. You rotate the crops because, you know, right. certain things just take too much of a certain thing from your face. So same thing with skin products. That's why it was so important for us to get the film in because we didn't have a rotation for ZO, although in their line, we did have a rotation. So we, for example, for hydroquinone, um, you can't use it a long time. You know, you can right. use it for And uh, Dr. Vicky, uh, sorry to interrupt, but can you tell our listeners what hydroquinone as an uh, ingredient is? Because it is, it is uh, one of those controversial ingredients in the skincare world. Well, you know, hydroquinone got a bad rap, I think unfairly, because mm -hmm. hydroquinone is very, it's really the gold standard for getting rid of pigment and any, any melasma. And it works very, very well. But they did give hydroquinone like 100 times the dose in a mice, in a mouse, <laughs> and they develop cancer. Which, of course, even if you give aspirin 100 times in a, you know, more than a right. normal dose of a mouse, it will die. Exactly. So I feel like 
So hydroquinone is approved in the U.S., but you'll be surprised because Japan doesn't use it, doesn't allow it. So why? And then after a while, people, doctors are getting too aggressive. They're doing 8% hydroquinone when it should only be maximum four. And a lot of times it's only two. But hydroquinone does really inhibit it's a tyrosinase inhibitor. It inhibits pigmentation. And that's one of the biggest problems if when you're in your 20s and your teens, it's acne. When you grow to your 30s and above, it's hyperpigmentation, melasma, darkening of the skin. And hydroquinone works best, but it can't be used for so long because, again, your skin develops a tolerance to it. And if it's 8%, there's something called onchronosis, which means it becomes gray. So we stop our patients on the hydroquinone after four months, and then we give them vitamin C, and then we give them Bright Alive, which is all the licorice, arbutin, kojic, you know, all the other things that are whitening right. um, that don't have hydroquinone. So I don't think hydroquinone should be banned and out, but I do believe that it's responsible to alternate all the time because it, your skin can get too used to it, and then when you put it right away you get black skin so that means you overdid it before right. as usual as i always say we have to talk about too much of a good thing and exactly. in this case hydroquinonia is also and of course it is a chemical but we couldn't achieve whitening effects like hydroquinone did so that was why we kept it in but now we're doing a lot better with the new zeo products and then Philmed also has a lot of products that are whitening the brightening peel that uses gluconolactone. Mm -hmm. Gluconolactone is the best, you know, if you're talking about the alpha hydroxy acids, gluconolactone is the new star in the horizon and it's very, very good. It makes your pores smaller, it makes your skin nicer, gets rid of pigmentation and that's what the Filmed products have. So at least now we have a really good alternative. But I'm not, again, I'm not saying hydroquinone is bad. I just, I'm saying use it wisely. Yes. Right. And use it sparingly as well. Yes, please. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Um, we're going to talk about aging and photo damage and I guess sunscreens. But the one thing I want to leave you with, because I guess we're going to end this soon, is that guys, just because you're not out in the sun and you're inside your house, this doesn't mean you're not getting UV radiation damage, right? You know that we have, so you have UVA, UVB, and then you have the blue light, which is from the screen that I'm in front of. And, you know, electromagnetic energy, when you cook, a lot of people have learned to cook over quarantine. I learned to cook for the first time Wonderful. over quarantine. I'm a baker, but not a cook. But at least I have a few dishes now that are pretty good. But the heat of the oven, the heat of the frying, all of that's causing hyperpigmentation. Wow. Uh, the blue light, the light from the side when you're reading, all of that is... And you're not... So please use sunblock wherever you are. Right. doesn't mean because you're inside the house. And Katrina, who is a sun lover... Is, is it sun lover or water lover? And it just happens to be sun. I, I like to call it aquaholic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, you know what? I love I love being in the sun. But I, I always put SPF. Even when I'm at home and I'm not necessarily going outside. Even on a rainy day, guys. Because oh, yeah. you, are, you are going to thank us 20 years from now. Trust me. Trust me. 
you know that I'm so crazy. I know this is true. I know that UV rays go through the clouds. It's a dark, cloudy day. But I, on some level, I still think there's no sun. So I went to a farm with Alito and Kim Camacho two weeks ago, last week. And it was 3 p.m. that the skies were dark. And I went into the pool. I was there, no, from 2 p.m. until 6 p.m. Oh, my God. My skin is burned. Yeah, that's where you get burned. with sunblock. I mean... Like, you know, I'm smart on one side and dumb on the other. Like, I do as I say, not as I do. But it's really, it feels burning. And I saw some, you know, some sun damage. But we'll discuss it in another topic. Anything else for acne that you feel that we should talk to them about? Well, we'll close this with one final question. And Dr. Vicky, I know a lot of people have are very excited, very passionate about their skincare products, but can you please explain what the order of the product should be like? For, for instance, first uh-huh. we double cleanse. What happens after we cleanse? Do we put the toner? Do we put the vitamin we toner. C? Toner. Okay, so the big molecules should come. For example, tretinoin should always be the end. Right. So it will be so if, if I'm doing my zeo regimen, what's your zeo regimen? So my zeo regimen would be um, double cleanse and then exfoliating cleanser. First, the makeup remover stuff, then the exfoliating cleanser to remove all that oil that we use. Then I need a, a toner. Actually, I use the oil control pads. And then after that, I do the exfoliation accelerator, which is glycolic acid, just to make sure that everything can penetrate better. Right. And then I do a Bright Alive, which is all the lightening agents without hydroquinone. And then the big, the big thing in the morning is I use vitamin C. So vitamin C has a big molecule, so it should be always the last. And it's unprotective anyway, so you, it's an antioxidant, so I use it last. In the evening, I will always use tretinoin or retinoic acid or retinol last. I need to make it clear to you guys the difference between retinoic acid and retinol, okay? The more aggressive one is retinoic acid. You can just hear the word acid. It comes in three three strengths, uh, 0.025, 0.05, and 0.1, okay? Is it? Yeah, 0.05 and then 0.1. Uh, 0.05 is the middle ground, and that would be best almost for everyone, unless you have very dry skin and you do a 0.025. Retinol is uh, less irritating, supposedly, and it has to be, though, at 1%. 1%, not 0.1%, but 1%. Okay, so that that is, the, if you get something that's less than that, it's not doing anything, just tickling your face, and you don't see change. When you use retinoic acid, you might freak out in the beginning because you will have redness. Yeah, to build a tolerance for it. Yes. No, it's also, but it's good. This means that you needed it because redness is an increase in circulation. Just think of when you drink wine or alcohol and you're not used to it, then you get red (laughs) because the blood vessels have dilated and now you have better circulation, which means that you're bringing nutrients to your face more. You have to understand as you get older, the blood vessels get thinner because, you know, we're getting older, getting harder, atherosclerosis, blah, blah. And it's the end artery. It's the very end of our circulatory system, the skin, right? Yeah. So 
So when it gets small, they're already small. It gets smaller. You don't get enough nutrition to go there. So retinoic acid dilates. That's the first thing you'll notice is redness. The second thing you'll notice is peeling. Is that good or bad? It's good because it means it's getting rid of all your dead skin, skin that cells. shouldn't be there. Yeah. And once it's gotten rid of it, it, you won't peel anymore. So, for example, I use retinoic acid and Scarlett sleeps with us. Scarlett sleeps with me and we're face to face, right? She has no reaction to retinoic acid. Zero. Why? Because her skin's already healthy. So it doesn't react with her. In the meantime, I'm red and I'm peeling because... My skin's not as healthy. It's getting rid of all the dead skin. So you should be happy. And you're right. You develop tolerance after about a month. So this ugliness before the the beautifulness <laughs> is because, you know, it's just get, your skin's getting used to it. And then after a month, you'll be fine. And if you still get red and peeling and stuff, then do it every other day. You don't have to do it every day. I don't, you know. You, right. you don't have to force it. You can get give your face a rest. But I would also recommend that you buy vitamin C. The vitamin C of the zeolite is excellent. And it will release an antioxidant. It protects your face. And you still get at least, you know, your antioxidant stuff on your face. For the film, med, we'll discuss that another time. The, the good lines, there are only three lines that I love. Because they're very good in almost every skin. And that's Z-O and um, Filmed, which we're distributing, being open about it. The reason I'm distributing it is because it's good. I didn't get it and now I claim it's good. I just wanted to make sure I had control of something so good. Unfortunately, the third one is the Biologic Research. <laughs> uh, you pronounce it like that. The R and it's guttural and you have saliva. Biologic Research. Very good product, but more actually for older people. The only things that work for acne is the dermapore and the BG tensile. And the, but that's not my line. But just to show you that I do give everything that I think is good, it is a very good line, of course. And then, of course, for the cheaper lines, we have Bella Essentials. Came up with an acne kit, kojic acid soap, and then the B venom, and then astringent. It's not complete. You know, it's cheap. It's 450 pesos or something. But for people out there who can't afford yeah. the more expensive brands, it's definitely been researched well. It's natural and you won't break out. It will improve your skin. I'm not going to say for everybody will give perfect skin, but definitely, you know, if that's your budget, then it's, it's, it's good value for your money. Anyway, thank you, Katrina, for being the host. <laughs> I told Katrina, I want the podcast, but I don't know how to host. I only know how to talk. I'm always a guest. So she she's taken over the uh, questioning part and the hosting part and all these <laughs> announcement parts. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> of course. And on that note, I just want to end this week's episode by saying, look, we all have our own issues but listen there are so many bigger problems out there in the world please do not feel too defeated about your skincare issues because again it's all a part of life and we need to embrace these imperfections it's all part of life and what matters most is good health so get good sleep Eat a very healthy diet. Get all of your vitamins, your minerals in. Stop eating processed food. And just have and live a happy life with your friends and families. And all is well. Thank you so much, Dr. Vicky, for sharing, again, your wealth of incredible knowledge and your own experience with 
our listeners. If you want to support this podcast, please subscribe. And we will be delivering more Beauty Authority podcasts in the near future. Thank you for listening to the Beauty Authority podcast. Make sure to follow and subscribe to the show so you won't miss out on new episodes.